Welcome to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, the show that keeps you updated on gaming news and events in Sheffield this March. On this week's Hollywood-inspired episode, Connor Clark of Boneloaf, Jane Knox from Ember, and me, Matt Turner of the Treehouse Board Game Cafe, discuss the world of game movie crossovers on the silver screen. Later, we find out how to plan a drunken heist as a bear during Sheffield Beer Week, see the popular return of Jade's Crap Game Corner, and pitch the strangest movie ever about an evil union-busting video game mole. As always, we've got you covered with information about all the great gaming events coming up in the area this March. Enjoy! Did you play apart from Burger Town? Um, I also played Cuba, which is quite frustrating because the snakes there that get you. Cuba, oh, um, I love Cuba. What else? That, that is the one I'm thinking of, right? That's the one with the where you it's like isometric and you buy boing up some stairs. Yeah, yeah. one of the first isometric games. Yeah, I love the idea that the whole world of Cuba is on stairs. It's satisfying because it changes colour. And it's yeah. like it's like com- complete the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> complete the stairs, and I'm just like, oh no, I'm trapped. Yeah. Is it cute? But like, is this spelled like Q? And then it's got a little asterisk, and then it's but as well. Like, it's like he's, it's like he's swearing. Yeah, he's got yeah. a big nose and he swears. <laughs> yeah, when when he gets hit, he he sends off some like hashtags and at symbols, and it's like oh. tee. <laughs> so you played that at the Barnsley Retrodome. Yeah, so I wasn't actually expecting it to be as big as it was, but it was on about three floors. Um, they had VR there and everything, and they had more modern consoles as well as the arcade machines. Um, and air hockey and stuff like that. Oh man. Yeah, and even one of those, um, you know, the basketball hoops. They had that. Oh, like uh, just the classic retro stuff, like yeah. the, cl- the classic arcade stuff. Yeah, it was it was like going back in time, but it was it was amazing. Um, track and field, hurt my wrist. Got, got <laughs> yeah, RSI that, now. <laughs> to, to be honest, I think everyone who ever played track and field ended up with one of those, right? Yeah, but it was, it was fantastic, and I yeah, props to the staff as well because as soon as we walked in, everybody was super enthusiastic and really lovely. Got us an armband, and you can come and come and go as you please, like throughout the day. You don't have to just stay in there all day. Oh, really? so, yeah, so we went in for. A few hours popped out got some grub and just came straight back that's absolutely sick if you look if you're visiting barnsley mm-hmm. and you're like let's just use this as our home base i want to go to this thing i want to go over there and try that mm-hmm. i want to go to this pub i want to go to this restaurant and then you just gravitate back to the to the retro dome yeah it's, mm-hmm. great. it's center of barnsley so really easy to get to I'll be honest, I wasn't paying too much attention. As a, right. as a certified passenger, I was just looking at my phone for half an hour. <laughs> but um, it, it seemed relatively easy. I think as soon as you get sort of past Meadowall, it's just the motorway, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the motorway. Yeah, just, yeah. And then you're there. Uh, what else did anyone else do this this month? I just I just had my head in the sand. I've just been hiding. There's been... It's essentially been a, a half term and mm-hmm. there's been teacher strikes. Mm-hmm. So everyone in existence <laughs> has been at the Treehouse Cafe. Half term, students, families, uh, teachers, which also comes with students. Co- kind of the core demographic mm-hmm. of Treehouse. So we've seen a lot of people this month. It's been a, it's been a good month. I haven't really seen anything else. It, it, it does sound like it's been a great month, like financially. And like <laughs> yeah. But like... It also feels like you've gone on a, a, a spree of eat, sleep, board yeah. game, repeat, right? Literally. Are that, you okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. You know, I'm still finding just enough time to plan D&D and just enough time to play a board game every, like, two weeks. How do you... So, question. How do you plan D&D? I, I've never been a DM. I've never, so, I've never been Dungeon Master. I've never had to, like, think, okay, there's people coming around my house mm. in five days' time and I've got to take them on a journey, on an adventure. How do, how do you do it? 
Um, different DMs do it in different ways, um, but mostly um, you start with, depending on whether it's an ongoing campaign, which you've already had a lot of ideas, but if, I, if you were to say, please run a D&D uh, &D game, I think I would start with listening to you and I'd ask you who's coming. Okay. And I'd ask what they wanted to get out of playing D&D. Ollie the Orc and uh, Brenda the Bard. And if they are, like, your theatre friends, or if they are... No, like... no, 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 they're, they're real Orcs and real Bards. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I'm taking some RPG characters through an RPG game. <laughs> we're, going, we're going down the rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I'd listen to them, I'd, like, try to figure out what they wanted. Mm -hmm. I would um, then start to like play with the tropes of whatever genre that people wanted. So if it was just we did a try D and I'd think, well, what magic fantasy uh, films are they likely to have seen? Movies like they like to have seen? Let's not do that exact thing, but let's try and evoke the things that people tend to like out of that. Mm. And then after that. I just start populating, right? So I just yeah. start like saying, okay, what monsters are they going to fight? What evil is 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 corrupting the land? What's what's the thing they've got to deal with? And then you just sort of um, uh, that's when knowledge of the game comes in. It, it ah. seems it seems to me like right, like you're taking uh, uh, right, and this is one thing you're taking existing movies and then like in your other podcast that you do, Life's a Pitch, yeah, you riff off them, you improvise around them, and they're things like that they evoke certain kind of funny themes, funny ideas but they are totally your own beast. Yeah. You, you improvise like five of those a week. So, yes. Yeah. So I feel like getting <laughs> okay, making a D&D campaign is, is, is easier. You take prompts from wherever you want, really. Like you can look under a rock, see a weird bug and go like, that's going to be the centre of my entire D&D campaign. <laughs> okay. Um, like Sorry. you can watch a nature document. I have come up with like D&D uh, &D, uh, &D sessions and campaigns from watching a nature documentary or reading a book or like... Um, someone telling me a story and uh, like it's just like fuck that, that ah, that'd be like a really good uh, a, a, a scenario to, to have a big fight in or for mm -hmm. players to explore and yeah you just you just kind of do it that way it's um you you, you adapt uh, you kind of take everything that you're experiencing anything that feels adventurous mm -hmm. and chucking it into a blender and then seeing what comes out really nice do, do you think that the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie which does come out at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, do you think that's going to inspire people to make their own uh, campaigns? Do you think people are going to be like, oh, I really love that movie. I want to be a DM. I certainly hope so. Um, yeah. I, like, it's like set in the D&D world. And like mm. that's, that, or I should say, I should say, like the Forgotten Realms, yeah. uh, which is the, one of their settings in D&D. And uh, it's one I'm attached to. It's one I like. Uh, and I like it because it does have this feeling of like the world is kind of unpopulated, mm -hmm. uh, but dangerous. Danger is everywhere. There's a, a new twist or a hidden gem or a mystery around every corner. So um, the feeling of that world is is very evocative, and and hopefully I'm hoping that it, it that they'll capture that in the movie, mm -hmm. and you'll end up um, with people thinking, oh man, what could happen next, or what could ha what's happening over that hill? Like uh, like you 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 sometimes get with it when you're playing like a video game or something you, you think oh this is a really cool space but i wonder what's around that corner what i yeah. wonder what those people are doing in their spare time i wonder what um what uh, conspiracies are happening in the palace and uh, whatever yeah well that mountain over there i wonder what it's like on top yeah i wonder what the view's like exactly yeah. i've got a question yeah um similarly to yours connor but like mm. the opposite do you think that like diehard D, &D people will start getting worried that it's just 
open to everybody now and you know is there any sort of gatekeeping that you found in that community where they were like it's too accessible now and now my thing is ruined by all these idiots <laughs> by all these newbies yeah because yeah. that people not everybody obviously but some people do like to protect the stuff that they're into and they don't want oh, it to be sure. like you know mass audience gatekeeping is a big a big issue in everything right it's a big issue in tabletop gaming but of course it's also a big issue in board gaming in video gaming yeah and the biggest difference i think is that in video gaming you can kind of do that on your own and mm -hmm. you can feel like you're not being gatekept because you're just engaging with a single object. You're, you're engaging with your computer, your console. Nobody can tell you how to do this. They might try, but in, in, in essence, you're just doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, board gaming and tabletop gaming, you need a community around you. You need at least a couple, you know, you kind of want a, a couple of people at the table with you. Yeah. Um, and the answer to your question is uh, yes. Yeah. There will be people who um, who think that uh, the game should be played a certain way. Um, everyone's got their own idea of what D&D &D is. And, and, mm -hmm. and it's because of the game's storied history uh, in which it, it, it tries to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. It wants to be an acting game. But it also yeah. wants to be a war game because you know, you, you've got stats and you've got positions. You want to have minis on the map. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you don't have to do either of those. You don't have to act. You don't have to do uh, the war game stuff. You don't have to do um, uh, tactical special builds with, you, with your character generators. And you also uh, don't have to not pay attention to any of the, the, the stats. The game tries to be as uh, as all things to all people as possible, and the aim is to get a group of people who are like-minded with the way you talk about tabletop role-playing, so okay. that you can get into a, a, a flow, a feel that you can you can matching expectations of the player and the and the GM. So, do you think that there's there's a, there's a there's a risk maybe of like a certain way of playing being standardised, whether that's somebody you know min-maxing and playing kind of to win, mm. or somebody being oh I don't really care about rules, we can do whatever you want, don't worry about rolling, it doesn't matter. Do you think there's a way of playing that might be standardised that would then cause ripples amongst other people that might be you know like to play it in their certain way? Uh, I, as regards the the movie, um, I would say. Uh, unlikely, um, because really, to learn the game, you've still got to talk to a person. That person is going to have their own grandfathered in ideas of how the, how the game plays. Mm -hmm. um, but there are going to be some things, right? So in the trailer, a druid turns into a creature called an owl bear. Uh, that is a half owl, half bear. It's the size of a bear, yeah. but it has the beak and, claw and talons of an owl. Terrifying. Um, pretty terrifying. And um, also cute. And also cute. <laughs> and that's why a druid turns into it, because it's an iconic Dungeons and Dragons monster, and um, it, both of those things are animals, so yeah. why wouldn't a, a, a druid be able to turn into one? Mm -hmm. Well, they can't in the game. It's against the rules for a druid to turn into a, to an album. What? So oh, already. Oh, and they already I can put hear it in the trailer. people are kicking off. Yeah. This is what I mean. Oh, like when I say, it, oh. I think there might be like. Is classicists a word? Yeah. Like, where there's going to yeah. be like the OG people that played it, and then there's going to be this new wave of people that love D and D all mm. of a sudden. And I think for a lot of people, like to, especially because for the longest time it wasn't very cool to yeah. like games, and so people have sort of grown up and have to dealt with like having to deal with people go, what you're into isn't very cool. Yeah. And for those people now to might be 
turning them like changing their mind and thinking that it is cool yeah. that could be quite irritating i think for some people that's true um that's kind of the bad news is that you might have people pushing back against it the good news is that that's been happening since the 1970s oh, so great. like great news. <laughs> um, the uh the the truth is that um dnd has found larger and larger groups of people it appeals to mm -hmm. as the stigma's gone away as the marketing budget's got bigger as uh, uh people like critical role and mm -hmm. uh, dimension 20 have started really extending actors who are really approachable faces to the to the hobby have really uh, extended their reach across to, uh, and, and people have started realizing that this is something that they aspire to do mm -hmm. um that every single time something like that happens uh, there's another wave of um, not only people who are like, oh, D&D hasn't been D&D since 1983. <laughs> yeah. You know, D&D hasn't been D&D since 1994. D&D hasn't been D&D since 2006. Like, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and the game updates trying to keep up with being all things to all people that mm -hmm. it thinks that, pe that the people want, but of course it can't please everyone. Um, and the hobby updates and... But uh, with every wave of the game hasn't been bright since whatever, you also have the unseen effect, which is that more people have learned to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More people have an idea of what it is to play. Um, and now is a better time than ever, because if you are a person who thinks that D&D should be uh, a punishing slog through the, through the wilderness and you have to <laughs> count every arrow and you have to figure out how many days rations you have left and you, you've got to make sure you fastidiously keep notes on everything. Don't promise me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I am, I'm totally into it. But um, the, if, you will find a group that, that does that. Yeah. And you will also find a group that if you go into a tavern, you won't leave for four sessions because you're messing about. Yeah. And uh, like you're messing about and just like uh, coming up with improv skits in the middle of a town for uh, you know uh, three separate weeks mm -hmm. and and your, your DM's like in these last three weeks I have built seven hundred dungeons <laughs> and you have not left the town um, and that can happen and everyone will have a good time no one's doing it wrong mm -hmm. um, apart from the DM. I feel like yeah. we'd play very differently yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, that's that's D&D like it's a culture thing it would have mad storytelling mm -hmm. so it's not going to ever be just one thing and cool. it evolves as you go and obviously the movie comes out in uh, March 31st end of this month yeah um, I'm excited for this movie it's not the first Dungeons and Dragons movie of course there was the Jeremy Irons one yeah um, in the 90s <laughs> um, but that one was like that one was set in the Forgotten Realms that was uh, a like all in universe movie whereas this one does take parts of it even though the trailer only really tells you at the end but it does take parts of it where it's like no we're just people sat around a table right telling a story does it do that I haven't I think seen it, that I think it does a bit of that like it does it, it, it shows that it's a campaign interesting it's not necessarily which I I'm kind of really excited for because I love that. Um, I love movies about games. You love Lego sense. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Lego Movie is very much like that. Um, I'm really interested in the upcoming Tetris movie as well. Have you yes, seen that? Yes. Yeah. That's on Apple TV sometime this month. Um, and it's it not. It's pretty good. It's, uh, when they say Tetris movie, oh, is it going to be, oh, Mr. Longblock meets Mr. Yeah, Elder I can't Block. imagine it. <laughs> the narrative. No, yeah. it's, 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 it's not that. It's telling the story of uh, the Tetris game. So it was made in communist Russia. Um, and then became this absolute worldwide sensation. And there was this one programmer that made it. And obviously there's a whole, so many legal ramifications around the rights of the game. Who owns it? Is it that the country owns it? Is it that Nintendo own it? 
or was it this one guy this i think it was a british guy was the american guy that basically went into American. Russia and kind of got the game and then just chopped it out to the rest of the world without Russia knowing and pretended that he actually owned it. Right? And that's what the story's about. It's that kind of, it's the story of, I, I don't want to go into too many details about it, but it's the story of this one guy who's trying to sell Tetris to the world. Um, and it just looks fascinating. Yeah, There's a really good graphic novel about it. And this, this movie looks, this movie looks to do it really well, actually. So I'm interested mm. um, in that. Um, also, in I, don't, I know nothing about this movie. Um, but another another video game movie that's out later this year that it's got to be about it's got to be about the game but it can't just be bet in the game universe because it's the Gran Turismo movie yes have you seen this um, but Gran Turismo if you don't know is a racing game mm -hmm. and it's a racing game in that it's not like it's not got a story your story is here's a car here are some races yep. you win the race you get money you mm -hmm. buy a new car you race more races the best story going yeah, yeah, yeah. right you know um, so so somehow they're going to make a movie out of that, which is like, <laughs> it's like, it, it is bonkers as making a movie out of Tetris, but actually in game. Has there um, been a Gran Turismo game like recently? Yeah, Gran Turismo 7 came out this time last year. Um, it's actually, this movie is cooler than I even expected. So this isn't about the story of the video game and it isn't about a story in the video game. Okay. It's about a made up story inspired by the video game. So I'll just read it directly off of Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> It's based on a true story. This film stars uh, Archie Madequi as Jan Marthenborough, a teenage Gran Turismo player aspiring to be a race car driver. Oh, interesting. So it's the movie it? of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of like a rags to riches, like yeah. what a person has a, a personal goal. I'm not going to watch I'm gonna watch, like, watch it for the racing. <laughs> Imagine like the Mortal Kombat movie where, yeah, all these, they, they recruit all these fighters to go and fight against demons in hell to save the planet, but they don't recruit them because they're good fighters, they recruit them because they're good at Mortal Kombat. Like, it's good better <laughs> right, in and okay. of itself. Like, that'd be so cool. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm interested in that. That sounds... There's, there's a lot of different video game movies out this year, and they're all a bit well, different. Well, Mario, isn't it? The Mario's that's out the this year. That's the big one. Yeah, yeah, that's the summer big, the big summer blockbuster. This is. Uh, and it looks to be um, approachably short. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go and watch it because I value my time. I think I'll enjoy it. I'll yeah. have a great time. I think... I think Chris Pratt would be great from what I heard he did, he, everyone's complaining about his Mario voice but I think he did he did a really good Wahoo he did do a good Wahoo I, yeah. I, when I heard him say Wahoo uh, I thought good on you Chris Pratt <laughs> <laughs> but like Jack Black's doing amazing Charlie Day's oh, uh, Jack Black's not in it yeah Jack oh, Black I'm is, never going to watch it Bowser. really you know I hate Jack Black do you know what it is so you hate he Jack just Black. needs to grow up he, I hate him so I, much I won't grow up never mind him nah but you're not on the TV relentlessly <laughs> like I can avoid you if necessary I can't seem to get away from him <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> favourite game movie? Well, I, I like the Sonic movie and, and that might be a really Good like choice. a massive cop-out but I cried at the end and I, Okay, okay <laughs> Yeah, but we, we know what my, my, my favourite game is and it was yeah. very true to that particular game yes. I thought yeah. Um, So yeah, at the end obviously something happens and I cried because it was just I, I had the sort of the music for that character playing mm. in my head from the game and I was like <laughs> I have thoroughly nice. enjoyed both Sonic movies, so I think you got it. That's a good choice. I've not seen the second one yet, but but you know what? I I loved the first one because it brought Jim Carrey back in, yeah. in proper manic Jim yeah, Carrey yeah. fashion. He really he really just shoes that entire movie. Oh goodness, he really does. I also modelled my hair on him after that movie came out. He has really good hair <laughs> he in that movie. Does have good hair. <laughs>
Um, I would have still, I still would have preferred a big round British Robotnik, but I'm not gonna get everything I want. Um, maybe but, the third one. Yeah, maybe the third. Maybe maybe Jim Carrey will turn big round mm. British. Um, mine's a toss up between um, uh, DOA. Okay, wow. That is, that's Life a deep cut. Movie. And that's a bad movie. That's got Holly Valance in it, isn't it? Listen, Holly Valance! Yeah. You say it's bad. It's actually good. <laughs> it's... Oh, I'm convinced you've turned it around. <laughs> <laughs> what if, to hear me out, it was good though? <laughs> oh. It's, it is the perfect amount of camp and it knows exactly what it is, which is like what I require of a movie like that, right? You're never going to make the DOA franchise. Uh, a, a, a gritty, uh, believable anything. Okay. My problem with it is that yeah. it was a rip-off Tekken movie, which was a rip-off Strike, Street Fighter movie, which was a rip-off Mortal Kombat. You're damn right. Apart from <laughs> none of those knew what they were nearly as much as DOA. Okay, fair enough. Um, yes, it is a tournament on an island, but <laughs> the, 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 the bad guy's reason for doing a tournament on an island is so his magic glasses can see everyone's moves and he can copy them. Respect. So, so <laughs> yeah, fair play, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely insane. But um, uh, I, I had a great time. But the second one, of course, is um, uh, the best movie about, uh, about a game, which is Jumanji, the original Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do really like that, actually, yeah. yeah it's, mm. it's really, really good. And you won't like the new ones because they've got Jack Black in them. Yeah, well, yeah, I can suck it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jumanji's got a lot of heart. It's equal parts kind of Lovecraftian horror and uh, Robin Williams just being a nice guy. Yeah. So uh, my favourite video movie, I don't think there's been a movie that has come out that has ever kind of actually taken a video game, taken a video game IP or property and really done it justice. You know, I think The Last of Us, which is on now now, is doing a very good shot to go at it because it's taking it somewhere different. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's, it's diverting from the story in some ways, it's but already, it's, it's nailing it when it does it. And it's already um, a very cinematic game anyway. Exactly. But, so, what I wanted to do then um, on this podcast was, if, 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 if we've got a spare five minutes, was to pitch our ideal video game movie and okay. that can be we can, we can hit we can hit the different you know obviously Matt you're very experienced with this with the Life's Pitch podcast sure yeah um, but I figured we could pitch our perfect kind of video game movie and you can do it in multiple ways like you can either uh, do it in the, in the world of the game like your D&D &D and your Forgotten Realms mm -hmm. um, you could do it uh, about the development history of the game like Tetris or you could do it like Gran Turismo where it's inspired by the game or something yeah in the real world mm -hmm. I don't know a story about the game in the real world if that makes sense yeah, yeah. so so go on Matt, Matt as, as you're the expert at this oh goodness yeah can you, okay. can you pitch me your your video game movie yes I can and um, the, the it's not going to be quite where you think it's going to go but it is the Kingdom Hearts movie cool. um, Oh, Disney on board before we start uh, well this is I, I'll set the scene okay <laughs> Disney Plus has been out for a bit yeah. And Disney have become less and less protective over their IP, doing various things, right? Star Wars is no longer a family brand. You've got mm -hmm. like a gritty street level crime drama about oppression and fascism in Andor. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marvel is going all sorts of di different directions. Generally, they tend to keep it uh, PG-13, but it's... It's sort of like, it, 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 it keeps on going in different directions, spreading out, spreading its wings. They're running out of ideas. So <laughs> I would posit that they would be more willing to create a, a um, kind of uh, a sideways look at their brand ubiquity, which is perfect for the Kingdom Hearts movie. Because I do yeah, not want true. to make 
a movie about Sora, Riku and Kairi going to to different Disney worlds. Ah, it's just... I mean, that lends itself perfectly for like a 30-minute like kids' TV show, right? Sure, absolutely. But I don't want that. I don't want any of that. <laughs> okay, okay. What I want... I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, be told about the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Yes, by you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is um, unhinged and doesn't make any sense. And the more you try to think about it, the more you start to go a little bit uh, loopy and start to become uh, detached from reality. That is my movie. This is a movie about people trying to understand oh, I love it. the depths of the Kingdom Hearts story. A game that takes people away from reality and makes them uh, cease to, 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 to really understand it. Heavily featuring Goofy, Donald, <laughs> and Mickey Mouse. What like narrators? They're going to be part of the of all the of the kind of train spotting style trips that are going on as as people start to lose touch with reality and they start diving into essentially what is the Lovecraftian ne Necronomicon that is Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I mean, who would be better to explain the story of Kingdom Hearts than Mickey Mouse themselves? Yes, right? exactly. So if Mickey Mouse is here in the room with us. Ask that. Perfect. I'm there. I'm with you. Yeah. So he's 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 very much an imaginary friend talking talking our uh, talking Timothy Chalamet through the kind of like depths and what he has to do to truly understand what Kingdom Hearts is. The name of the game is Kingdom Hearts. Nobody ever says what that is. That's how you do Kingdom Hearts, right? Is, I, is yeah. you have you have Donald Duck, Goofy, and Mickey Mouse guiding Timothy Chalamet into. Uh, an absolute nightmare. It sounds terrifying. It also sounds like it'd be like a six-part TV show, and then after the fifth part, they would just never release the sixth part. <laughs> and they'd be like, yes. oh, well, we tested it inside, and nobody's alive anymore. Yeah. So we've decided to destroy it for the, the safety of the world. There's some real King in Yellow situation The safety of the on. kingdom. Yeah. You sure the start, Connor? No. Okay, no. thank you. Just wondering if it would... Yeah, mine's, I mean, mine's a horror movie. You can't not be... Not I'm scared. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose. So my, my actually, you know what? I've changed my mind. My night might actually be that dark. So uh, this is the Sheffield Gaming Podcast. And yeah. I think, you know, Sheffield does not have enough representation on the silver screen. So let's talk about a Sheffield game. Let's talk about one of the uh, most famous Sheffield games, most influential Sheffield games. We're talking about Wanted Monty Mall. I want to make a movie about Wanted Monty Mall, but it's not about the story of Monty Mall because uh, I realised as I was thinking this through, like, we've got to make a movie about a Sheffield game. Let's do Wanted Monty Mall. We talked about Wanted Monty Mall on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. It is, in essence, uh, an anti-union uh, or anti-kind of minor strike video game, yeah, yeah. right? It was created by Peter Harrop, um, brilliant game designer who was 18, 19 at the time, and his dad was striking in the minor strike and he was kind of frustrated about it. So he made this game as kind of Monty Mole, kind of escaping, being chased, you know, um, very much caught up in the minor strike. And then I was thinking, actually, let's have a look at the real world. Let's have a look at what's happening in the context. If I was to release this movie today, yeah. how would the, how would making a movie about a mole that is kind of against strike a action... A union-busting mole. Uh, yeah, yeah, go down in, in 2023 Britain. Well, they really, really go down well with it, like, let's be honest. Like, you know, um, there are people striking a lot at the moment, quite rightly, too. And I don't want to kind of add anything that could be used against those people anyway. So, so I was kind of stuck, took a step back from that. Yeah. Um, but I still want to make it. So I thought let's just, let's take it in a different direction. And you, I think you had the right idea with like your 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 like your Lovecraftian horror um, 
Kingdom Hearts stuff, Matt. Because what I would love to do is actually make a story of Peter Harrop. So we've got like, you know, I'm thinking someone can play Peter Harrop like, um, what's the kid in the new Home Alone movie? You know? Oh God, what is his name? He's got like, he's, you know, he's got, yeah. He was in um, Jojo Rabbit as well. Yeah, that yeah. kid, right. So he plays Peter Harrop. Sorry, Peter Harrop, if you ever listen to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, and he's trying to create this game. He's frustrated by um, his dad, who's probably played by, um, I don't know, someone like, someone, oh no, I want his dad to be played by somebody that's um, got to put on a, a Sheffield accent, but he's really bad at it. Like, Ooh. I don't know, like Danny Dyer. I want, I want Danny Dyer. Yeah, he's, he's trying to make a. He's trying to get away from his Cockney accent, so he's trying to find a Sheffield accent. It's really bad. Archie Yates um, is the kid from. Uh, Archie Yates, no, no. Bless him. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What happens is, is the developer of the game is kind of. Oh, he's just, he's just playing at home. He's playing around with his computer, and suddenly Monty Moore pops into real life, like Roger Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Right? And he's animated. They're like pixel animated, jumping around the screen, and Monty Moore's real. And um, actually, Monty Moore is a union buster. He hates unions, <laughs> so he tries to convince. He tries. To, and basically kind of hijinks ensue because people tried to stop Monty Mole from um, basically making this game and releasing this game that yeah, like, might, might ruin the mind strike. Monty Mole like gets out of the of the house yep. you know because he's only yay big you know he's yep. only sort of uh, high as your knee yeah. they lock the doors but he gets out through the letterbox and he's flat yeah. um, <laughs> and, like a letter yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he gets out and he steals a load of um uh, he steals a load of spray cans and he starts yep. spraying anti-union propaganda on the walls yep. around Sheffield um, and uh, Archie Yates' character is implicated and he's he's having a nightmare because everyone thinks he's the union buster in the town but it's not it's Monty Mole the villain yep. um, <laughs> it's called Wanted Monty Mole he is yeah. wanted but it's Monty on the run yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And he's and he's basically framed Archie Yates, and he has to try and convince everyone that he's not the union buster in town, yep. and that everyone has to has to join together to try to, and hunt down to this chase the pixel mop. The, the pixel, pixel mop. Yeah. <laughs> It's got legs, to be fair, hasn't oh, it? I think, I think it's got legs. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a different history. And also, um, I've realised that actually what would release for, the, you know, theatre is probably a small theatrical cut, but then on DVD, um, we'd add in like extra movies. And what would we call that? Call that the full Monty. The full Monty. Oh, very it. good. Done. Very good. Oh, I feel like that's got that has got legs. It's got heart as well. You could have it be like you know the tense relationship between a father and a son, and have the son like you know draw a little doodly, just makes a silly little game just to just to excise the demon of a of frustration he has with his dad, and then only through reconciliation exactly. with the, of the family can they actually banish the demon of Monty Jesus Mole. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have we done? <laughs> I do this every week. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was, what was yours, Jade? Okay, this is going to be a pretty short part from me. Um, oh. I've decided that I don't want any more crossovers. Um, <laughs> I don't watch films at the best of time. I have a, a small concentration span. Um, and I don't want to feel like I have to now do two mediums of one thing. So <laughs> video games are very active. Uh, that's why mm. I like them, because, you know, fun. Uh, I don't get that out of films, really. Um, unless it's got Sandra Bullock or Julia Roberts in it, I don't really care. Um, we well, have to cast both of them. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that, and the only thing I've got in my notes here is Ace Attorney, and then, <laughs> and then underneath that, I don't want any more films. <laughs> I don't want any more films. I just don't know. I, honestly, I, I sat and thought about it, and I was like, there must be something that I can contribute, that, you know, a, a great game that no one's thought of to turn into a film, mm. but I, I'm not going to watch it. Sometimes you can just leave stuff alone, and you don't have to, like, squeeze it for every penny it's worth. And, That's true. Um, and while I do like your ideas, because they're very fun, and I seem like a big Debbie Downer, um, 
it's fine to to not mess with stuff and yeah mm. the, the act of sitting and watching a film and playing a game are two different mindsets mm. uh, and i i much prefer the the active ones right shall we talk about some sheffield events yes let's uh, let's find out what's going on in the months to come Okay, so coming up, our first event in March this month is Sheffield Beer Week, the big beer festival that happens in Sheffield. Sheffield are very good at beer, and I'm very excited for the beer festival. Um, and actually, Matt, over at the Treehouse Board Game Cafe, you're doing some special events for Sheffield Beer Week. Um, what is uh, what 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 could be more special than just playing a board game and drinking beer? beer uh, well, this was not technically a treehouse, but it's on the eighth. We have um, the indie beer heist, um, mm -hmm. which is it's, it's bear and beer. So we've just got all three of those letters in there somewhere. Uh, it is a honey heist game at Heist Brewery, um, in which you are going to be. Uh, I, I don't know if you, you have heard of Honey Heist before. Um, it is a one-page RPG by Grant Howitt, who is uh, well known for making hilarious, um, short f form, kind of uh, goofy, creative RPGs. Uh, and um, you basically uh, in it in the in the kind of standard game, you basically. We are a bunch of bears who are also criminals. Um, you have two stats, criminal and bear. That is, those are the entire, all the stats in the game, and all you want to do is pull off a heist, presumably of some honey, although in this case, I reckon it's probably beer. Um, and, honey mead. <laughs> and every time you do a roll, you will either increase, it's, your stats are like you know like paragon and renegade in mm. mass effect sort of like good and bad points you'll either go further down the bear side or further down the criminal side and if you go too far down the bear side you become a, a, a non-sentient bear and wander off um <laughs> and if you go too far the criminal side then you betray the team and you turn you like you turn into a bad guy those are the rules and uh, you'll have a great time it's always a really silly goofy uh, experience and that's over at heist Bruco on the 8th Tickets still available, I believe, so go cool. uh, over there, over to the um, treehousesheffield.com uh, and have a look at the events page to, uh, to, to see uh, when those are and, and how to get involved. Amazing, amazing. Other events happening later this month. Uh, Aircon um, is, Aircon 2023 is happening between the 9th and 12th of March. Now, I hadn't actually heard of Aircon before, um, but Matt, you were saying it is a Yorkshire-based, is it Yorkshire? Um, uh, where's Harrogate? Isn't it Yorkshire? Harrogate? Yeah, yeah Harrogate is. Yeah, Harrogate's Yorkshire. Yeah. It's, 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 it's North Yorkshire, mm -hmm. um, just north of, north of Leeds. Um, and they've got a board game conference. They do, and uh, frankly, it's. It, I think it's one of the more interesting ones in the country because a lot of board game conferences are going to give you those those kind of. Um, uh, here's what the new game that we're pushing at mm -hmm. the moment is. You know, you can sit down and play it, and those are really good fun. Don't, don't get me wrong, I really enjoy them. But uh, Aircon has a really good community of designers. Uh, it's across four days, so mm -hmm. um, you've got like. A lot of time to kind of to spread out. It's only like forty-five quid a ticket for the four-day ticket. So you can go in the individual uh, days, and they start from about like for less than a tenner. There's going to be a lot of like gathering coffee mornings and, and, and kind of mixers for people who are into board game design, tabletop design. For me, at least, as a board game fan, um, it's one of the more exciting board game 
festivals, uh, board game conventions, uh, and um, there's also like role playing going on down there, and there's uh, like the tables that are running like that, and you can buy tickets specifically to them, uh, and they are still available. So um, I, nice. I, I recommend it thoroughly. It sounds like a nice little yeah, nice little gateway around your point if you are interested in getting in the board game kind of creation community or yeah. the makers community. Cool. Uh, other events happening um, slightly closer to home um, in Sheffield this month. Um, over on St Patrick's Day, that's that is this month. Uh, Meltdown are doing their now annual tradition, I think, of always sunny in Philadelphia night. Um, that has just begun to gone down so well the past couple of years. They're yeah. like, well, that's a thing now. That's what we do every St Paddy's Day, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. In 10 years' time, we'll be talking about, oh, I remember the first. Remember the first <laughs> uh, and then the night after that, on the 18th of March, uh, over at Extra Life Gaming Lounge, um, is uh, their fight, they have a fighting game night as well, where they're going to be playing some of the new JoJo fighting game and some Killer Instinct and stuff as well, which sounds really fun. Yeah. Uh, that's on the 18th of March. Um, that's the kind of it for the 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 kind of the big solo events that are happening this month. But there are lots and lots of other things um, happening that we've probably uh, slightly missed. But don't worry about it because you will find them on lots of places. Such as uh, Matt, you've been saying that the Patriot Games are doing really well, kind of having keeping their Facebook page lined up with. Tons of events, right? Yes, I, I don't know whether it was my fault, uh, but I had always been like, oh, well, I, I wish I knew what was happening at Patriot Games, <laughs> like, uh, before the day that it happens. Mm -hmm. um, but then I went over to their Facebook page, and they've got an events tab, and every day, for like a month and a half, they have um, what is happening every single day. It's really well curated. They like it describes everything that's going on. There is an immense range of stuff going on down there, and um, I'm just I was just completely bowled over <laughs> by quite how uh, firstly how like many events there mm -hmm. are. Like there is something to do absolutely every day. You will not find a day when nothing is going on down that's there in their like massive space. Um, and as spring rolls around, it'll be even nicer because it is big. It can be a little bit cold sometimes, um, but um, the uh, like there's there's so much going on and it's a little a lovely little community. Uh, it was nice. Cool, cool. So yes, keep an eye out on Patriot Games, uh, Patriot Games Sheffield Facebook uh, event page. Yeah, they've got everything listed there. Uh, loads of things, things happening as Matt said every single night. Uh, also, other things are happening this month. So uh, it'd be worth mentioning that there was a big news story earlier this month or the tail end of February regarding the Castle House building, which obviously uh, homes uh, the National Video Game Museum. Yeah, it's big so news. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, certain places may have, may have been closed for a couple of days um, as whilst they undergo some landlord changes or maintenance changes or something over there. The NBM have informed me, however, that they are now fully open and uh, have been since, since the, the, all the changes happened. And it's operating normally, so no changes there whatsoever. So that's really nice to see. Um, please go and support them because it seems like they've had a little bit of a stressful and kind of uh, crazy time um, but you know the 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 NBM is is super important both Sheffield and kind of video game preservation in general and uh, um, you'd hate for them to go to any more kind of building um, issues I, I can't imagine like on days that you'd normally be open the amount that like being closed by something that's got nothing to do with you mm. for, for even a few days mm. must have a massive effect and, mm. and, and stress and that sort of thing so it is something that you really yeah everyone should should hop down there um because i bet listen listen i, I bet you haven't seen their new their new exhibits yet so mm. you should you should go down there and check those out yeah it's really good stuff 
Awesome. And and that's it. If we have missed any events, be sure to get in touch and let us know uh, at Sheffield Gaming and uh, on any of our kind of social channels, whether that's Instagram or Twitter, or just reach out to us on Discord over the Sheffield Games Discord as well. Right, we're going to finish up the podcast with our final segment, uh, our favourite segment, which is, well, it's only the second time we've done it, but it was funny last time. <laughs> Thank um, you. We're going to bring it back, um, which is Jade's Crap Game Corner. So every month, Jade is going to bring in a selection of crap games to talk about them, because it's sometimes it's more fun to talk about crap games than actually good games. Um, so what, 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 what list have you made for us today, Jade? Um, I've made a list of three games, and I haven't put them in any particular order. Is there um, a theme, or is it just no? These are no, just crap. Just games. crap. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just crap ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Okay. Um, cool. So we're starting with, and like I said, no particular order. So this isn't the crappiest, but I don't know. I'm just trying to save you some time. Don't play these games. <laughs> um, the first one is the Fifty Cent video game. Bulletproof. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I have okay, okay. This is, this is on theme because this is definitely a movie style game. Yeah, this, no. <laughs> so this, is, this is the 50 Cent video game where he stars himself. Um, oh, I've got and... some information about it. Oh, I, you do? I went, I went, went on Wikipedia for this. <laughs> I think I've, pl- I've played this video game and, 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 and its sequel, 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. That's correct. Uh, I have that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think they're both pretty good. Honestly. Yeah. Right, okay. I'll just give you the stats that I've retrieved from the internet. (laughs) It was (laughs) released on PS2 and Xbox in 2005. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it does have a sequel, Blood on the Sand, which was in 2006. Uh, And in this game, 50 Cent is the protagonist who is looking for vengeance against a hitman that was ordered on him. Uh, Dr. Dre is in it. He Mm -hmm. plays uh, an arms dealer. And Eminem plays a corrupt police officer. And... <laughs> the reason that it was so bad apparently is because it just had terrible mechanics, but it was praised for its storyline and the soundtrack. Mm. So that's nice. It, it worked well enough for a cover shoot, it would work, right? Uh, but my favourite one was definitely Blood in the Sand, because mm-hmm. yeah, the first one's about a hitman, right? And it's kind of their actual stakes. Um, the second one is about he does he goes to some war torn country in the Middle East. I don't know which one it was. Um, so it's obviously got like huge kind of like American war in Iraq kind of vibes about yeah. it. Um, but he does a gig over there oh, no. and then they don't pay him his fee. So he goes on a rampage <laughs> in a war-torn country oh, and then ends up like stopping WMDs. Um, right. and like stopping, wow. a, stopping a fascist dictator from like just starting World War Three. Um, that, that's where that's how it elevates. Like, come on, that 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 can't be crap. So yeah, it's crap game number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two on the list is a game called Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Have you heard of that? Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Yeah. No. No. Right. Um, a three D O interactive I'd never heard of until I until I googled this okay. earlier. Um, and it was out on Windows as well. And allegedly coming to Switch and PS5. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently. Oh, is it FMV? Yeah. Yeah. FMV. They've been bringing a bunch of FMV stuff back. Right, okay. Like, they did a, they did a remake of Night Trap. They did a load of old FMV games. Because they started getting streamed, obviously. Yeah, yeah, And they are... Oh, no, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> they are absolutely hilarious to watch stream. Because the, the acting is just, like, bottom of the barrel. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Sounds like it's the name of, like, some sort of porno or something, I'm thinking. Not too oh. far off. Right, so it was released in 94. And it's about two people being pressured by their parents to find a spouse. Um, and so the whole part of the game, like, 
is to get these two characters, John and Jane, together in a romantic relationship. <laughs> That's the whole point. Why is it called Promise Don't Wear Ties then? What? I, I, didn't, I didn't make it. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. it, the comments were that it had a lacklustre production value, uh, nonsensical structure and storyline, poor acting and poor humour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, if you Google that one, um, I'll probably put some pictures on Twitter when I send out my little link for this. Mm. But, yeah, it's... It looks terrible. Oh, it looks great. I'm just obsessed with effort. Is it, <laughs> is it so much. crap it's good? Or is it actually like, no, this is genuinely just rubbish? I think it might just be crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, okay. But we'll see. Maybe I'll play it. We'll see. Nice. Okay. Um, and the last one is Superman 64, um, based on the animated Superman series, released in 1999. And some of the comments on this game included that it was unnecessarily repetitive, difficult, and it had confusing objectives, poor controls, poor graphics, and numerous glitches that interfere with the gameplay. So it doesn't sound very good. Doesn't sound very good. Um, the yeah. best thing about Superman 64 is that someone did a speedrun of it at a, an awesome game done quick a couple of years back. Yeah. And that's pretty it. good because the game is broken and they break it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's... Yeah, the best thing about that game is watching someone else play it. And, and that's during a time when uh, games would get 7 out of 10 and they were barely playable. Like, the, the like Nintendo 64 games, notoriously, yeah, a lot of them were barely playable. And they'll be like, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it, the, the menu screen has uh, sound options uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's really good because it's in 3D and that mm. would just be the, the, the entire review. Yeah, apparently, like, the start of this soup... Have you played it, kind of? Yeah, I've played oh, it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the beginning, you just get, like, launched into some maze with loads of mist and you and the you're just not expecting it and you just don't know what to do and you can't see the mist never goes away yeah it's, it's just there mystery. forever and it's like even when you get out into the, 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 the metropolis oh, is it just of the world the whole game yeah yeah it's just it's a terrible draw distance terrible like worse than Silent Hill fantastic <laughs> Western Silent Hill love it not, not meant to be a horror a survival mm. horror game is it Superman 64 <laughs> no I guess not <laughs> and that's it that's it for Jade's Crap Game Corner thanks for coming Awesome. Well, I uh, look forward to next month's Jade's Crap Game Corner. Is it going to be Lucky Dip? Yeah, we'll Lucky Dip it. Okay, okay. We will see, or, or you, you will hear from all of us um, next month for April Sheffield Games Podcast. Um, my name is Connor. I've been joined by my lovely co-host, Jade. Where can people find you online, Jade? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Nox Bear, or you can find me on Twitch um, playing little frog games. Um, that's twitch.tv slash Noxbear. And my uh, also other awesome co-host, Matt, Matt where, where can people find you online? Oh, well, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I do another podcast. That is uh, the Life's a Pitch podcast. Uh, we pitch movies as we did this week. The most important thing is we don't get to choose the title. The, the audience chooses the title for us and we just have to kind of roll with it after seeing it just that day. And uh, so, yeah, you can find that over on soundcloud.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast or just uh, at Life's a Pitch show on Twitter. You can find all the links there. Um, go to the Treehouse uh, Board Game Cafe on Boston Street, please. Um, we, uh, and I do advise booking ahead. We've been quite busy recently. But uh, treehousesheffield.com is where you can go over and book a nice table. Uh, we've recently changed the way that our uh, cover charges work. So it's now just two pounds per person per hour half price for under 16s free for under fives and uh, it, it's just an easier way of doing things it means that like you know four hours is too long for some people uh, two hours is, is, is too short so it's nice to be able to charge people like you know for the amount they stayed rather than mm. give it charging them two hours for going you know half an hour over I'm a three hour guy yeah that's yeah. right for me you can find me online in places uh, like Twitter or the tag at Crown 
or just follow me on my uh, on the all of the gang beasts and bone loaf various social accounts and play more gang beasts and like my tiktoks and that's me like the tiktoks yes especially the one with the big flank cap oh thank you Thanks for listening to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast. For more information on the Sheffield Games Collective, follow us over at Sheffield Gaming on Twitter, Sheffield Games on Instagram, and at our website, sheffield.games. Our incredible intro and outro were provided to us by Harley over at harleylikesmusic.com. Music